So welcome back to Obscure Broadcasting. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it was something flying, I swear. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm <laughs> Welcome back to Obscure Broadcasting's, uh, okay, alright, both of you. That's it. No more beer! No more beer! No more beer. <laughs> no more. Welcome back to Obscure Broadcasting's podcast, uh, Small Brains, Big Picks. Uh, brains, keep, is, brains keep getting smaller, picks keep getting bigger, man. Picks are growing. Every episode. Picks are growing. Yeah. Prom, winter prom is coming and the, and the picks are growing. Yeah. So here we are. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's jump in. So I'm Andrew and I'm dressing like a, uh, an Amish rocker. And uh, Evan? Uh, yeah, I'm Evan, and uh, I believe that emergency is the uh, best cure for any illness, cancer to the cold. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Powell. And I <laughs> we are not doctors. Do not sue us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Jeremy Powell, and uh, I can do the Donald, Donald Duck noise, you know, when he talks. Oh, wow. <laughs> This is the kind of talent that we don't have at, <laughs> at our disposal. <laughs> we like to bring in big name, big talent whenever we can. Uh, our guest here is Jeremy. Jeremy is uh, an actor and a a cool person, a friend of ours. Uh, and he's in our web series, uh, Riders. Uh, philanthropist. Philanthropist. Businessman. Hmm. Uh, sure. What everything Tony Stark said in that one movie. We're going to have some fun tonight. Okay, so we're, our, our first topic for the day um, is we're going to talk about what I, what I call Steph Curry's NBA. Um, something that maybe not was born by him, but the fact that the NBA has, for better or worse, become a league of if you can shoot, you can make it. If you can't shoot, there's really not a place for you. And not only can you shoot, but extending every day how far people are pulling up from these high-paced games, maybe less defense, a lot more numbers on the scoreboard. Um, yeah, so we just want to kind of get into that and what we think the future of that is and the, the impact of it uh, on the game. Mm-hmm. I feel like eventually it'll shift again because before mm-hmm. it was the big man's kind of game and you kind of definitely had to have a good five. But you got now the fives. Uh, we mentioned uh, the, the, six, the, <laughs> the 76ers we mentioned. Right. Uh, and B's pulling for threes. Like right. you can't really be a big man in the league who doesn't like DeAndre Jordan is. Even people like him are kind of going to be gone in a while. Like you got to have some stupid skills right. if you're going to make the league without a three. Even if you are seven foot tall, it's just it's the way it works now. But I do agree, tend to agree with you that I think uh, the game just evolves and right. the game will evolve again. What goes around comes around, and there will be a new iteration of the game. And we may get to this later, kind of hint, hint. But uh, I think Zion Williamson may be a, a picture of that future iteration of, like, just stupid athletes who, like, you shoot your threes, bro. I'm going to bowl to the hoop every single time and dunk right. on your ass. Yep. Simple as that. I mean, it's like the uh, – it's just an evolution of the sport, right? So mm-hmm. they, they some people have gotten together. It's not necessarily just Steph Curry. But there's definitely, like, a strategy that says, like, if you can shoot the open three – the extra point is worth more even at a lower frequency rate. Mm-hmm. It's like launch angle, right, in baseball. Right, I was about to say. It's, so it's, it's like it's, it's exactly like launch angle that mm-hmm. the risk 
is worth the reward, even though shooting percentages are going to take a huge hit across the league. Yeah. Right, like which, the league average is going to go down, mm-hmm. but I'm sure points scored are going to go up. Which is yeah. the point? Which is the point I wanted to make? Um, of uh, again, so like we, a, we always kind of juggle this this uh, good for the game good versus good for consumption versus good for like the purist in us, um, and you know which of those matters. But talking about baseball, me and Andrew were just talking in an episode about uh, kind of the new ways that pitchers are managed in baseball and how it's really statistic centric of like the stats say that this move should happen at this time. So you do it, whether you think your guy is good or not. And I think the NBA is moving towards that where it's like stats objectively show that if you throw up 50 random threes, like if you got good good enough shooters, you'll probably win versus a well-coached team with a well-run offense that can score at the hoop. I don't know if that's true, but yeah. I think if if the stats say it, they're going to do it. I have I have nothing backing this up, uh, like from research perspective. But I'm guessing that that this change in the game is a little bit indicative of of this generation of basketball players all grew up with video games more so mm-hmm. than like 15 years ago. Because if we all think about how we play like an NBA video game, right, is we shoot a massive amount of threes all the time, right? Like mm-hmm. that that's just a thing that we do. Because in general, that's like, I'm it's sure sexy. it's sexier and it's more points. I mean, as a playing a video game, right? You sure. don't necessarily yeah, yeah. care about like showing up a computer on like yeah, driving yeah, to the yeah, lane. Yeah, yeah. But if you can show them with a fadeaway three in the corner on in a video game, that mm-hmm. that yeah. is much more of like a like oh. like dirt off your shoulders moment, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like yeah. And so I'm wondering if like this generation of, of basketball players all grew up with video games as just a regular part of their lives, right. more so than any generation before in basketball. So I'm sure it's a it's a thing. I mean, it's not like you get that from playing Stramac basketball, right? Right, no yeah. doubt. I think uh, to answer your question, I think it is. I think it's good for the league in a way okay. because it's 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 creating just that excitement in a uh-huh. sense, and. Once playoffs come, uh, you, you still got people doing the exact same thing, mm-hmm. but you still are going to see a good game. It's going to be a game right, you want to watch right. versus versus it being slowed down. And I mean, consumption, much. at the end of the day, people like us who, who watch sports with maybe more of a careful eye or people who played and really like know the schemes that are happening may not appreciate it sometimes when you're throwing up fast break three-on-one threes. But the casual fan who doesn't know anything, but Steph Curry's supposed to be good at shooting. That's cool. I like when the ball goes in. The casual fan loves that. And revenue-driven sports are all about the casual fan, yep. um, more so than the diehard fan. Yep. So, I mean, it's good, it's good for yes. this. Yeah. All right, Jeremy, you got the last word on this. Uh, I want to see, even though we're at this three-point stage, though, but I want to see some more game like DeMar DeRozan, like that mid-range yeah. kind of game. Right. Um, but, yeah, to close it, I I think that is it's more beneficial. Uh, and the teams that are just shooting straight threes, though, when you get to the playoffs, they get exposed. For so sure. it, it, it depends. You still get some. And I think games. that it's it's kind of like it's in the proto period, right? So it's gonna it's it's bound to change. It's bound to get some sort of like mm-hmm. additional strategy added to it that might be more analytic yeah. based. Right. That uh, if I, if you're if you're mad about it, don't get beat by a team that does it. Right. Period. So uh, look, we're, let's move on to our tool belt segment. Roll that tape. 
Would you please, for the love of God and your own body, hold the hammering? So, Tool Belt, uh, we are bringing back for the second time. We're going to throw some names up in the rafters, retire these people for eternity um, into into our hearts and minds. And uh, these are not necessarily the, the people who were highest in the stat book, but definitely first in our hearts. Um, and we're, we're each going to take one, and the four of us will go around and, and uh, do one apiece. Um, I can start off since I'm already speaking. Um, okay. so, so, so I hate to lie to y'all, <laughs> and, and I don't lie. I, I try to always stay with what's the opposite of a lie? I always forget. Um, uh, fib. You can't handle. You can't uh, handle. Oh, you you y'all can't handle it because it's the truth. And oh, yeah. you know what? Um, growing up, the 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 player that that really for basketball was what it was all about for me growing up in New England um, was Paul Pierce, the man known as the truth. Um, not Antoine Walker. Not Antoine Walker with his pull up <laughs> bullshit threes. He might fit well in this fucking league, um, <laughs> but. Paul Pierce, I, I just a poignant memory that's a weird one because he was on a lot of bad teams. Is I remember, of course, that when they were good, 08 and all that. But I really remember when he got injured. We're talking Yuri Welsh on the in the starting lineup. They had Marcus Banks as a starting point guard. Ain't no one know who that is. Um, all that shitty team. And I remember he got injured. He was out for 18 games. They lost 18 straight. He came back, and they finally got their first win in 18. <laughs> As how bad they were and how much they relied on him for much of my childhood. Um, so endless love and appreciation for the man. And uh, he's gone retiring uh, for eternity. The as Raptors. an analyst or as a player? Um, as an analyst, he's kind of meh. But uh, yeah. I try not to talk about that. <laughs> Is he a uh, flat earther? I don't think he's a flat earther, but he's got some, some uh, questionable opinions, and he's kind of a little bit of a... No, let me stop. Uh, let me, let's just honor the guy. I'm, I'll save my gripes for another episode. Uh, Paul Pierce, welcome to the Raptors, sir. Uh, enjoy your time in eternity. Throw on your green jacket. Yeah. Uh, Teresa, you want to go next? Uh, let me just make sure my camera's on. Or, no, that's not camera. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so... My pick is... He is... Nicknamed by our family alone, the strikeout king of Texas, Adam Dunn. Adam Dunn. He just uh, has a special place in my heart. Who He'd come up at bat and be the Strikeout, hit home run, or hit home run or strikeout, and it was usually a strikeout. Who is Adam Dunn? <laughs> He's a mediocre baseball player. That. What, what team was he on when I like? Reds, White Sox. Yeah. Okay. White Sox yeah. was probably when. Yeah. The last. Okay. Time. The end of his career. There's he's the, the here's the overweight the overweight dude and at the corner the corner uh, stool at the bar at noon on a Wednesday who then would go to his day job and hit 500 foot home runs. Damn. He had 400 home runs really? in his career. He had 450 home runs. Um, Adam Dunn. Uh, there's this stat about baseball called uh, the one true the true outcomes. Okay. So it's a strikeout, a walk, or a home run. Those are the true outcomes in baseball. Okay. And you get, like, a percentage. So, like, Barry, uh, Babe Ruth has one of the highest, and his one true outcome for his entire career is, like, um, five hundred, uh, like 50% or, like, 30 – no, it's, like, 49% okay. is, is, Barry, uh, is Babe Ruth. Adam Dunn, because he had a little bit of a different career, struck out more, walked more, hit – Hit a lot of home runs. His fifty-one percent of his career was a strikeout, a walk, or a home run. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. You always know what you're gonna get with that. Go big or go home. Right? <laughs> go big, go home, or walk the first. Right. Yeah. Um. All right. We'll go. Uh. Can we'll go clockwise here? Yeah. So, okay. So I am going to 
retire. It may be premature to do so, but I couldn't think of anyone else. I'm going to retire. Alex Cora, welcome. Welcome to the Raptors. Um, I didn't want to man, go. Man, it did, I, don't I, take long to impress you, Boston fans, man. He wins one championship. I also He's thought you were doing Raptors. Pedro. So I was going to do Pedro, and then I thought you were doing I Pedro. I had Pedro, and I changed it. Oh, um, that's okay. funny. He'll get in the Raptors someday. Yeah, so, we, someday. Both times, we both thought the other one was going to do Pedro, so we didn't do it. At this <laughs> and, time, again. Right. So, uh, I, so I guess Alex Cor is in because Pedro <laughs> Pedro's got disqualified. So there you have it. Welcome to the welcome to the Raptors, uh, Raptors. Alex Cora. Right. He's going in as a player. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. that makes more sense. He's been a player longer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. Gotcha. Uh, Mr. Powell. Ah. Uh, so I mean, I'm hearing all of this Boston talk. Right. I gotta go ahead and throw Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bean Bryant, the Black Mamba. I got to throw him. Hold on. Cut this shit. Get cut. this man out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to go. Damn. Damn. We got to get Kobe up there, man. Uh, you know. We'll see about that. <laughs> you know, uh, Lakers. Lakers. Over the Celtics. Sorry. Um, but I, but Kyrie's my guy, and they got a good team. Anyways, Kobe, man. He was just always somebody I emulated. Oscar winner. Oscar winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's already. Also a basketball player. Also, bas- also a basketball player, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, rings, just his game, you know, it was just, he just always wanted to be Kobe. And every time yeah. you shoot that, you know, that, that ball, you He's shoot the Kobe. Kobe. I yeah, mean, you right. hear it, so. Right. Yeah. And, uh, hey, I, I give sarcastic hate to Kobe, but I actually, unlike a lot of Boston fans, I never found a way to hate him, man. I just love the dude's game. I love the way, the tenacity. Call him selfish, call him an asshole. He was both of those things, but dude played the game with a, a type of fire that's unreal. He also, sorry, he he also wrote a book, just recently wrote a book about uh, the game and everything like that, though, breaking down the game and stuff, but he was talking about Paul Pierce and just okay. that he was one of his toughest matchups yeah. or whatever for him because he used to use his heft or something like that. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So there it is. That's been Tool Belt. And Jeremy's also given us a great segue into our next sub- our next, su- next subject, which is Evan laid on us. Man, you're trying to really throw throw some heat Kobe's way. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know it. Segue. You know so, it. I, I know where you're coming from on the segue, but that's that's oof, big time shots. So our, our next topic, sorry Kobe, uh, which Kobe you're invited on the podcast. As always, like Kobe, Kobe, please come yeah. on. We'd Kobe love to have next you. to Don Lemon, you guys can both be on the podcast. We got <laughs> two open seats. We have PBR. We have, we have PBR. We might have some tequila. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. The only way you can get Kobe on a podcast, free PBR. Free PBR. Two cans. Buy Two cans right. of your name on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so we uh kind of on a more serious note, we, we want to discuss um what we call burden of proof. Um so where does that burden of proof lie for athletes? Um when an athlete is accused of a crime or even sometimes it's there's video evidence that he just hasn't been prosecuted, the legal system has not done its due diligence yet. But when is it okay for a franchise, an organization, or, or even the league to step in and suspend the player and find the player in whatever way punish the player? Um, where do we feel like that, that line is drawn considering the the uh, um, responsibility that we sometimes feel athletes have and, and all that? Yeah, I think uh, that that leagues should be ahead of ahead of the law enforcement when they can be. There's allegations against someone. I think that should be it. Baseball is actually pretty good about it. In general, I think baseball is pretty much ahead of the curve. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, pun intended. Uh, and that, like, 
Addison Russell was accused of domestic violence and was suspended. And the Cubs took it upon themselves, not even baseball. The Cubs decided to bench him and uh, mm-hmm. put him on like paid leave or re- restricted leave. And he wasn't on the playoffs, and they got eliminated out of the playoffs really quick. So mm-hmm. um, I think that it's it's the sport's job because they, these people are – kids look up to these people in, like more so than just the average person on the street that like they have a responsibility towards their fan base to – not to be, be strict. Yeah. To be strict. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that while I was being nice to baseball, Roberto Asuna coming back and pitching in high leverage situations for the Astros was also sh- kind of a shitty thing that baseball should have done a better job of. Yeah, man, beat the shit out of his girlfriend or whatever. Where do you draw the line of like, okay, this is punishable before the law, but but this one isn't? Yeah. So in a in a instance like Ray Rice, that incident he had, man, yeah, you. We got the footage, like, you deserve to be, a, a, as soon as that came out or as soon as the league actually saw it, mm. I think then, yeah, he gets, you know, pushed away or suspended and let go of. Um, but for the most part, I think, you know, you got to be proven guilty because yeah. you're affecting. I disagree. You disagree? I disagree. I think, I, think, I think it goes the other way really, 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 really hard, really, really fast. I understand what you're saying. And yeah, I, I think that they if they they should like everyone's innocent until proven guilty, right? In a court of law, but well, and you're big, and you've said this a couple of times on you always come back to you are big on athletes having a responsibility to the public. I, and I think um, they do. I think they absolutely do. And I think that the minute that we start start letting things slide with our politicians, with our athletes, with our celebrities, um, is the minute mm-hmm. that we start to like erode what is acceptable in our day to day behavior. Yeah. And I think that like. You know, it's not clear. There's no reason why this happened uh, in sports or in celebrity. But, you know, it's just like this is how like Harvey Weinstein happened. Right. Is we just let, oh, this guy just you know, grabbed my ass at, at, at dinner, but he's a really rich celebrity. So it's OK. And then uh-huh. eventually it becomes you get Harvey Weinstein is like the That's ugly side of it. So, you know, I'm just thinking like sports, just sports. Again, I think I brought this up before sports have an opportunity to be at the forefront of something as opposed to be reactionary. And if they were less reactionary and more leading the way, being like, we expect, you know, the players union should be a hundred percent for this is being like in whatever player union we're talking Mm -hmm. about, football, basketball, baseball, uh, hockey. There's, I guess there's probably some other sports people, soccer, um, uh, football. I mean, uh, and that, that sports need to take a, a greater a greater responsibility to, to, for the players union to be like, listen, this is what is expected of you, and you can go outside of this, but you're going to lose your union rights. Which, yeah, which, a, and the the <clears throat> the big perspective that I look at this from that uh, was something I've thought a lot about is I think at the end of the day, um, we are such a hyper capitalist, consumer driven economy that to an extent it is not. It is it is contingent upon us as fans to be outraged because at the end of the day organizations are 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 businesses they are profit seeking entities and if no one gives a shit that your athlete beats someone up and like we're still going and their fans still tune in and fans don't care like the incentive to suspend the guy comes down to the owner has to have like moral investment and maybe I'm pessimistic. I think moral investment takes you this far. It doesn't take you all the way because um, most people care about money more than morality. It has to come down to fans care enough that it's going to hurt my bottom line 
And I think you'll start seeing suspensions come down real quick if, if it's going to hurt your bottom line. Um, right. The the last little point, um, and then I can lob it back to one of y'all too, is uh, taking kind of the other side that I think I mostly agree with you. I think some maybe lower level athletes would kind of argue like, hey man, like I ain't asked for this this celebrity shit. I just got really good at what I do and worked my ass off and got to the point where I get paid to play a game. But like I'm not really out here in ads. Like I ain't asked for this celebrity shit. So like if someone says that I you know, like, did some shit that I didn't do, like, I should be held to the same standard just because... But and you can already see how my argument's kind of disingenuous, but I think some athletes would say that. Yeah, right, but right. I have a counter-argument for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't have to really... I mean, I get Andrew's point about being a celebrity and being in the public eye, it's more important, but, like, if you were accused of sexual harassment or something mm-hmm. like that at your job like you'd get right. on probation right. Right. so it's the same right. thing like if right. you're it comes from the top down so in any company you would have some kind of repercussion whether it's suspension fire probation like yeah it doesn't and matter if you're famous or not in a sense of uh, to kind of go to his point and to kind of piggyback off that as well too and take it a little bit like the sexual stuff that's that's not acceptable right. by any means. So the, the harshest punishments should come down, Harvey Weinstein, all that stuff. Uh, but the fact of, like, these people are human. And like you said, some mm-hmm. people didn't ask for all of that. So I just feel like... And I'm trying to think of a good example. I've been trying to think of a good example because we tend to come back to, because it's the thing you hear the most about, sexual assault allegations and, like, and like assault in general. Um, I'm trying to think of something that's, like, like a crime that you would get suspended for. Like, let's say someone is accused of having... See, drunk driving is easier because you're endangering people. But let's imagine you get caught with a little bit of weed in a state where it's not legal as an athlete. Well, no, so that's written into substance abuse policies. So that one's easy. I'm tr- but I, my point is I'm trying to think of crimes where you're not necessarily endangering per- someone, but like you're accused of something that's technically illegal and it's only Tax coming evasion. out... Sure, like <laughs> some something about something that's not hurting anyone, but like it's only coming about and coming to the news and getting to your boss because you're an athlete. Um, that I think athletes issue. would say, "Hey, yeah, like or so and so." That's a good point. So, like rumors come out that so and so has so and so has a has a drinking problem, and like. He's like, hey man, my, my 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 teammates know me. They know I don't have a drinking problem, but it blows enough up enough in the news that the owner's like, oh, we gotta do something about this. He's suspended three games. Right. And the dude's like, hey man, I'm I'm a person just like anyone else. I think some small smaller time athletes would make that argument. Again, as Jeremy said, with things that are involve endangering other people, it's an easier argument. But sometimes people get caught up in situations that are not hurting anyone but themselves. But like. Maybe their accountability by by being proven guilty should be incumbent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And I'm going to take the last word on this is that if anyone gets to be, if we're talking about everyone from like a concert pianist all the way through to a guy that can do a thing with a ball really, really well or a puck or, you know, whatever. Somebody that that rises to the top through talent, dedication, time, effort, and uh, even if the, if we're talking about not even people as good as like Adam Dunn, if we're talking about people who have a glass of water in whatever professional sport they're playing, 
Um, there is, I think, just with being the best of the best, because even the worst basketball player, the worst football player, the worst baseball player, the worst athlete that's a professional athlete is still probably the best, for, you know, is light years better right, right. than, than the, the best, the greatest amateur, right? We talk about Brian Scalabrini is like a joke in the NBA for how he was this bad white mamba, not very good white dude. He has like every record in the history of his county back in California, you know? Like, mm-hmm. dude was a fucking stud. <laughs> we yeah. forget that. Yeah. So the point, the point being that, you know, we talk a lot about, we've, and the media talks a lot about, like, um, like celebrities who go kind of crazy or do crazy things and we like scrutinize them to death. Kanye West, Tom Cruise, people who like act crazy because we hold them to a different standard. But Tom Cruise is just an exceptional actor. Kanye West is just exceptional at, well, I guess being famous now, but he's an exceptional beat maker. So I think that when you come to a certain level of being exceptional and exceptionally talented or exceptionally whatever you're doing a the higher st- a higher um, standard is is thrust upon you whether you like it or not call it the price of celebrity or the price of talent mm-hmm. but it's just something that i think it just comes with the territory even if you're someone like brian scalabrini or um manny alexander baseball right. example i'm sure we could continue this talk but uh where our producer's gonna fight us if we don't get off and teresa's got hands man uh, i don't mess with that yeah Search your feelings, you know it to be true. And so uh, uh, we're going to make our bold predictions. Uh, so Jeremy, would you like to uh, lead us into the into the bold prediction town? Bold predictions. So not this year. The next year. 2020. 2020, 21, 2021. 20, I want to say the Lakers and the Celtics will be in the finals. Ooh. Ooh. Lakers, uh, that's a hot one. I like that. And the Lakers will come out victorious. So yeah. my prediction last week was that the Lakers, or two weeks ago, was that the Lakers will have at least five new names on their roster by midseason because I think that I just thought it wasn't going to work. They've kind of started to gel a little bit recently. I might start to eat my words, but two yeah. years from now, man, they no, got to get another think, stud. Think, but think, uh, sorry, if they do, think about it though. Like you got Kyrie over there. Right. You got LeBron as a Laker now. Yeah. It'll just be good for the league. Right, right, right. Hey, okay. we should talk about that sometime. Oh, wait, we already did. <laughs> right. Did we yeah. talk about that? Like Rivalries and like Celtics-Lakers resurgence. We did We did mention that. Oh, damn. Listeners, yeah, you, y'all should go back on a previous podcast. That's episode three, if I remember uh, correctly. Yeah, I uh, believe um, it's episode three. It's probably episode two. But okay. No, it's yeah. three. I think it's three. It's definitely three. Yeah, that's my prediction. Yeah, <clears> good one, good one. Uh, just ask the Dodgers how playing Boston in a, in a championship worked, though. Right. Um my bold prediction is the White House Christmas tree this year will be a gold plastic Christmas tree. Okay, cool. Um, Andrew, what's your uh, tinsel fired. question? How much tinsel are we talking about? Uh, in my personal preference or in what I imagine on the White House? On the White House. Oh, uh, you're going to have to wade through it. I wading through tinsel. Wading through like tinsel. Like a ball pit in a, in a spirit airline <laughs> like a ball front pit. compartment. Yeah, like a ball pit in the front compartment of a spirit uh, domestic flight. Right. Um, word. Uh, cool. How, that's... I, I feel like... <laughs> we'll just leave it there. <laughs> Teresa, edit this out. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stop recording. Yeah, right. Um, all right, so... I'll, uh, Teresa, you, I'll, we'll let you get the last word. I'll, I'll lay mine on you. And, uh, this one's very bold, I will say, because this hasn't happened since 1976. 
All uh, caps. It's happened seven times in the history of uh, college basketball where a Division One team has done this. After a couple games of this Duke Blue Devils team, RJ Barrett, Zion Williamson, the talent they have and like the fine-tuned talent and the way that they just took it to a good Kentucky team. I got them going undefeated and winning the national winning the national championship without ever losing this year. They're going to coast through the tournament, they're going to coast through the their uh, conference tournament. They're going to coast through the regular season undefeated. Hasn't happened since 76. I think it's going to happen. That's the boldest, boldest uh, prediction. Or, uh, I, no, I, I, got, I got a bolder one. My bold prediction is UVM will not. Wait. Say it again. <laughs> My bold prediction is that UVM will knock them out in the first round of the conference. <laughs> great, great, great. <laughs> right. Upset. <laughs> they took. <laughs> Gotcha. That's a man. That's a bold one right there. That'll I really be. and I really think so, man. They're crazy. Hopefully, they play. Just, you know, nobody gets hurt. Knock on wood. Yeah, you know, yeah. Then they'd be uh, knock on the floor. Yeah. But yeah. I that. No, it's okay. This stupid camera. Okay. You got one, TT. Yeah, I got one. Um, so mine might be a bit of a stretch, but I know my my brother would give it like two thumbs up. The Sabres aren't going to do anything. The Sabres are going to do stuff this year. <laughs> and they're going to make the playoffs. Half the teams in the NFL make, or the NHL make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, but you have to be really bad not to do it. And oh, that's Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Buffalo in the playoffs. Okay. Buffalo in the playoffs in the NHL. Well, Matt now needs to watch. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, is that camera rolling? All right, so this has been Small Brains Big Picks. A big thank you to our guest, Jeremy Powell, for coming thank on. Thank you, Jeremy. Good to have you, man. Uh, Jeremy will be a frequent guest, I'm guessing. <laughs> if, I, if I make you a bold prediction, Jeremy, right, will, right. Jeremy will be be back on it. Oh, um, this has been wonderful. So <laughs> I'm guessing that this will be our, our, our first, our last episode that comes out before Thanksgiving. So if you're out there celebrating Thanksgiving or any other pilgrim holiday next week, uh, happy right. Thanksgiving. Or uh, um, as we call it in my mother's family, uh, Thanks Taken, or otherwise can be referred to as Thanks Taken or National Indigenous Peoples Day. Um. <laughs> yes. Uh, happy Giving Syphilis to the Native People Day. And, uh, <laughs> oh, wait. We're going to have a special Thanksgiving episode. We will have a Thanksgiving episode. That's not this episode. It won't come out on yeah. Thanksgiving. It won't come out on Thanksgiving, though we could <laughs> go live. Uh, we'll, 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 that could be, that could be dangerous with morning drinking. Um, that will definitely Going be happening. Um, so have a, have a happy, responsible Thanksgiving. Don't give syphilis to anyone. And uh, Evan, do you want to say something? Yeah, man. Uh, every time we come out here, the, the uh, brains are getting smaller and the picks are getting bigger. So let's just keep at it. Yep. Yeah. Jeremy, look in that camera and say something for the nice people at home. What, what should they be watching? They should be watching Small Brains Big Picks. <laughs> I was actually looking for writers, but I'll take it. <laughs> and right. also writers. Also writers as well. Currently uh, in, in production right now. So yeah, yeah, I can second that. It's good. Yeah. Season two. So uh, like a can of water to your head. And by a can of water, I mean PBR. We'll see you next time. Adios. Nos vemos. And uh, and I'm Andrew. Uh, I have one friend, and he's here. What's Jeremy. Up? Welcome to the What's show. Up? Yeah, this all right, is... you guys all clip the mics. <laughs> oh damn. Hey man, sometimes when you just you just excited, you clip mics. <laughs>